Hello and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today I show I have VJ Piawazi, Director of Equity Strategy for SecFi. SecFi is an online platform that allows employees of private companies to basically monetize on their options and cash out before waiting for an exit from the company. And with that, here's my interview with VJ. VJ, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Jason. Really excited to be here. Yeah, well, uh, interesting topic, and um, <laughs> we just shared some stories about some interesting VC stories and, and books that we read recently. We'll get into that later, maybe. But let's start off with SecFi. Tell us about SecFi. Absolutely. Um, you know, happy to, again, thanks for having me, Jason. This is awesome. Always excited to do these FinTech podcasts. So in short, uh, what we do here at SecFi, we help employees with their stock options. So maybe going back to our founding story, the company was started just about four years ago uh, based off personal experiences. Uh, our two co-founders were early employees at a fast-growing startup. And you can most of your listeners will probably know where the story's headed, but they were early employees. Companies started growing like crazy. Um, Little do you know, funding round after funding round. Next thing you know, they had highly appreciated stock options. And long story short, what they did was they realized that, hey, we are at the point where we need to exercise these stock options. And this tax bill to do so is going to cost us close to $1.8 million exercise. They couldn't find help. They tried to find help out there in Silicon Valley, tried to find, uh, talk to VCs, private equity firms, anyone that would help them, give them a loan to exercise them. Couldn't find a solution. When both of them had 90 days to exercise their options, they ended up losing them because they couldn't find the help. Uh, both of them decided to leave the company to look at starting their own venture. And we're stuck in this terrible situation. Highly appreciated a stock that's quote unquote paper money, uh, but no way to access that, right? In order to access that, you're going to need liquid cash of close to $2 million, which not many people have. Mm -hmm. Accounts. So that was the founding story of SecFi. They realized this is a terrible problem for themselves, but um, also for a lot of other people at fast-growing startups. And they started SecFi to help solve that problem. Uh, if you fast forward to today, uh, SecFi is a VC-backed startup. We've worked with hundreds of thousands of employees, uh, ranging from startups all the way from the, the seed level, um, all the way to the companies that are pre-IPO. Some companies we work with uh, from uh, that just recently went public in the past year, some household names, Airbnb, DoorDash, Palantir, just to name a few. And that's really the founding story. We really operate on two fronts here at SecFi. The first is in education. It's part of our mission to help educate employees, help them understand their equity and make the best decisions so they don't end up in the same faith as our founders. Second, uh, we do provide financing solutions for these employees as well. No matter how much you plan around your equity, sometimes your company just grows a little too fast um, and you're going to need help to exercise them. You may have, or very likely most of the individuals we work with, you know, 95% of our net worth is tied up in these stock options. And, you know, to diversify, even if they do have the cash to exercise those options, they may not want to take such a risky position. So they'll work with a partner like SecFi in, in this situation to exercise their options, pay their taxes uh, so they can get ahead of any tax bill. And that's the background on SecFi in a nutshell. We really operate in a very niche industry here. Uh, our clients are primarily employees and executives of fast-growing startups. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, again, very niche. Not too many people outside of the VC-backed startup world really know about, know about us. Excellent. Well, I mean, outside of the VC-backed world, there's not much reason to basically deal with you, quite honestly. It's not the same <laughs> problem when you work for, like, a bank, right? Like, there's no liquidity issue. And this is an ever-growing you know, it's an ever-growing problem. This is an ever-growing nice-to-have problem, right? You know, a lot of the appeal of getting in with a lot of these startups is that, hey, 
maybe you get on the next Facebook or whatever else it might be. For example, I just looked up, I just looked up SpaceX's uh, <laughs> stuff in your, on your calculator. And it's like, you're a company that you're getting richly rewarded on in shares, right? And if you're not publicly traded and the timeline for exit is God knows when, how do you basically make the most of that and, and get out? So it's, uh, and, and actually live your life as opposed to waiting for that altogether. So I totally, totally get how difficult that can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, right? I wish I had, you know, stock options that were insanely highly appreciated with the tax collector and how to pay. It's a great problem to have. It's an enviable yep. And that's why someone goes to a startup, right? Or I guess one of the main reasons you go to a startup to get equity in a company and hopefully, you know, that company continues to grow and you'll have a nice payday. But it's a problem nonetheless. And the problem that a lot of people, unfortunately, don't plan around and start talking to uh, advisors like yourself, Jason, about how to plan around their equity. Usually the trigger point for when we, you know, when someone comes to us is right before an exit. And quite often, unfortunately, that's a little too late, right? <laughs> Company's already gone through multiple funding rounds. The stock is so highly appreciated that they may be in a very tough situation overall. So it's a very interesting industry to be in. Um, I think, you know, if you look, you couldn't go back to when we started this thing four or five years ago. You know, equity was a very taboo topic. It's something you don't talk about your coworkers. It's kind of like talking about your salary, right? Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's a sensitive topic because I mean. Yeah. And let's face it, not all employees are valued the same way. And just like a salary issue, you know, what do you mean you got that many shares? I've been here longer than you or whatever it is, right? Or I'm more valuable than you are, but just can so many variables. Like when did you come into the business? What was the role at the time? Like any number of things, right? So let's, let's stop from that. So let's take a step back. There's a number of issues or problems that to be solved around this. So the first, the first issue that jumps to mind is basically, okay, I've got a highly appreciated stock. Let's say I work at someplace like SpaceX, whatever it is, or, you know, we could have picked any of the more recent big names that went public. Well, you know, I won't go to Robinhood because I despise what they stand for. But so I've got highly appreciated stock. I would love to monetize on this, but oh my God, like not if I exercise this stuff, I got the tax bill, I got all this other stuff. First problem that jumps to mind is I can provide you with proof that I have the options fine, but what about the valuation of this? How are you solving for that problem? How are you basically saying, okay, yeah, we think the company's worth X. Absolutely. No, I think that's a tricky subject, right? As, as you and other listeners of podcasts know, private company valuations are very subjective. As we were talking about this. And before. sometimes wrong once they hit the absolutely. open market. Like, continue on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially the, in this day and age where valuation numbers are thrown out and, and <laughs> I feel like they're just spinning a wheel and seeing where it lands at times, right? Well, we just finished talking about cult of we before we get, we jumped on here. So talk about highly appreciated becoming no appreciation. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think what's interesting about this industry, right? I think stock options in general, um, it's information, information asymmetry, right? You have VCs that know a much more, they have more data points. They have more pitch decks. They work with hundreds of different companies. They understand valuations. And when you look at employees and founders, they really don't know too much. Most People are this is their first or possibly second startup, and they don't know what their shares are worth. They don't know what the potential value of their shares are. So here at SecFi, you know, we really operate off of, you know, and we obviously add a financing solution to all this, but really it all starts with education, right? Understanding where you stand on the spectrum, understanding your strike prices, where that's at, what valuation your striking your options are at, understanding the current 409A. 
which is the valuation of one common share here in the U.S. It's an IRS mandated number that every startup's required to get. And then talking about the funding round introductory, right? Because employees do not get common, uh, they, they, sorry, they don't get preferred shares, they get common shares. But the preferred share count um, is really a number that matters quite a bit, right? Because that's, you know, what investors are aiming to hopefully make money on. So it's really about education. We help people understand that. We'll provide a lot of data solutions. Uh, We'll provide a lot of data analytics to all this as well. Uh, We'll help our clients model out different scenarios. If they have questions around it, here's what other companies that we've seen in your industry look like, right? Here's a growth trajectory. It's an imperfect, now obviously, again, private company valuations, it's very difficult. Right. There's no active market for the shares, unlike public companies. It's a difficult um, and, you know, it's a difficult number to come up with. But uh, our stance on this is let's provide as much information to this individual as possible. Let's give them data we have. Let's give them the information that's on our platform. Um, and let's let's help them make a decision for the valuation or equity. Excellent. So basically, someone goes in, they figure out valuation. I mean, one of the issues, too. So one of the big issues as you addressed is if you exercise these things, what kind of tax implications are we looking at? And you know, we have, that's further complicated. I'm guessing you have to educate people on what ISOs versus non-qualified stock options are and, and watch them basically get a little bit upset at the difference. <laughs> but the reality is, is that, yeah, the, so, so you basically say, okay, we solve for the problem of, all right, we think we've got some sort of reasonable valuation on these stock options. You want to exercise them. So how do you help facilitate the exercising of this? I mean, you got to, you, of course, you're, you're, you're financing the purchase of these things. So involved with that, there's a number of permutations, like the, the, the capital that you have to give them, the terms, and the security aspects. This is like any other kind of loan, right? Like you're loaning them money, all the standard four C's of lending apply. Right. So talk to me about how much, like how the collateral works the and how the loan offers work. Yeah, absolutely. So at SecFi, what we offer is just completely non-recourse financing. So the way this works- No margin calls. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Not necessarily. uh, A little bit different. So the financing is collateralized only by the shares, right? So let's use this situation. Um, Let's use SpaceX as a simple example that you brought up. It's a fun one. Let's say an individual is an early employee at SpaceX, low strike price ISOs. So valuation is obviously through the roof. As part of this, they're going to have a huge AMT bill. Or, um, without explaining what the AMT is, I, I don't want to bore you. Alternative minimum tax bill. Yeah. Let's call it tax. <laughs> many, many, many countries have uh, have a version of it too. Absolutely, absolutely. So, let's just say an individual needs a million dollars to exercise their options, pay their taxes. We'll calculate all that number um, uh, on our platform at SecFi.com. We've, uh, from a U.S. Uh, state and federal standpoint, we rebuilt the tax code. You can type in your grant details, use our free calculators at SecFi.com. We'll have all that information on the back end. So we'll work with this individual forecast or tax bill. For simplification, let's say an individual needs a million dollars. We give that million dollars on a completely non-recourse basis. When we say non-recourse, the idea behind this that we're assuming a downside, right? And the reason we're able to assume the downside in these positions is that we only work with fast-growing startups with the reasonable means to exit, right? We underwrite every single company we work with. Very candidly, we say no to 90% of the companies that come through the platform. They're a little bit too early for us. We have a minimum mandate in terms of valuation. So we work you with- be, I mean, you have to be reasonably certain these companies are going to exit in a reason or exit at all. There's a market for it, right? Absolutely. I'm not going to press you on how much we work uh, exposure you guys had but. <laughs> it was zero. <laughs> oh, they didn't, so they didn't pass your due diligence. Congratulations! Unfortunately, yeah. 
unfortunately, a couple of VCs um, are embarrassed by that. But anyway, continue. Yeah, <laughs> I've got plenty of stories for you. Maybe we can save it for that. Okay. After, <laughs> after the, you're going to tell me about the, the craziest ones you've heard after this is done. Let's go. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, right. So bottom line is non-recourse mortgage is secured solely by that. So at the end of the day, if it ends up being a WeWork scenario, I don't lose my house because yeah. I basically, you're coming, you're coming for the couple hundred thousand dollars I owe you. So fair enough. So you guys, so you guys are really, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I got to say that is a lot of risk you were taking off the table for an individual and taking and putting on yourself. What is being taken in return? Absolutely. So the, the payback uh, in terms of financing is only after successful exit. So Jason, a few things here. Uh, first and foremost, like look, in, in a bankruptcy, right, the payback would be zero. Like you mentioned, you wouldn't come after him for the room, that million dollars. In a good scenario, let's just say it takes caught four or five years of the company to have an exit. When they're actually able to sell their shares, we'd ask them to pay us back that million dollars. We'll charge some fees at that point, right? So nothing is paid to us. There's no monthly or quarterly payments. This isn't like a, a mortgage or anything like or a traditional loan. Everything just accrues on the account and it's paid back with one lump sum after that uh, IPO or acquisition. And as you can imagine, when it comes to rates and how we set those rates, they vary quite greatly depending on the company we work with, right? Series A startup that just started making money this past year is going to have higher rates than a company that is, call it, you know, $10 billion one year away from an exit, right? It's just the nature of it. We're taking on less risk by working with a company that's $10 billion versus a, you know, a company that just started making revenue. Yeah. Deck and corn that's already talking to Wall Street about timing on an IPO makes a lot of sense from a liquidity standpoint versus you're right. Someone who just, Hey, we're still working out of garage. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And it, uh, it varies quite greatly. As you can imagine that the range of companies we work with, we've done companies as early as a series B pre-revenue company. You know, most companies we work with are typically in that two year to exit timeframe, right? Companies that are, that just hit that funding round to get them over that billion dollar valuation, or I guess nowadays two or $3 billion valuation. And, um, a lot of their employees are at that oh, oh crap moment when they're crap, when they're going like, oh my God, my stock options are actually worth something now. I should probably do something about it. So usually that's the trigger point for people reaching out to us. It comes from both the individuals and the companies as well. Uh, sometimes companies hear about a service like SecFi and uh, want us to come in to do educational services and provide financing so their employees can exercise ahead of any future 409A increases or whatnot. Um, sometimes this is driven by individuals who come through the platform looking to exercise. So fair enough. And then you also provide essentially liquidity loans, right? So I don't want to sit on my shares, have my all my value in paper. Yeah. I want to live my life where I want to diversify my risk, where I want to, I'm going to, I've left this company and I want to start my own startup. Bottom line is I have a need for capital. Talk to me about that. Is it the exact same mechanism as the options lending essentially? Yeah, absolutely. It's the exact same mechanism. Both the liquidity and the option exercise structured the same way. We give someone a million dollars of cash secured by the shares. In this situation, it wouldn't go towards exercising your options, paying the taxes, but it would be go through, go towards you know liquidity purposes, diversification, putting a down payment on a home, paying for a wedding, whatever it is. And yeah, that's uh, it's the same mechanism. But the underlying all this, right? Our financing is set up for individuals who want to go long in their shares. They believe in the upside. What I always tell people that come to us for either an option exercise or a putty scenario, if they think the company's at the top and they don't think there's going to be further appreciation, or they may not feel great, and maybe they think the company's overvalued, I always tell them, look, look to sell your shares. 
You're at a good point, right? May not be worth taking on that risk. We're taking on that additional risk, holding on to our financing. Our financing solutions are geared towards individuals who say, hey, I believe I want to share the upside of these shares. I want to maybe take a little bit of cash off the table today. I'll put a down payment on a home, diversify on my portfolio. But the idea that I still want to retain the upside in these shares. So that's a common idea behind our financing, whether it's an option exercise or liquidity purposes. But yeah, to answer your question, Jason, exactly the same mechanism, but the cash is used for liquidity purposes. So looking at your calculator online, some of the graphics, I mean, you have two components, it looks like, of kind of the lending mechanism. You have both the, where is it? There's the exact term, waiting for this graphic to update. So you have an interest component and you have a stock fee component. So interest makes sense, right? However long that it's going to be there, you're going to I'm guessing you're going to compound that interest against the loan in the first place. You're not going to ask for, for liquid liquid payments? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's going to accrue on the account. Yeah, and, and frankly, if you are in a fast-growing startup, then like single-digit rates of interest are irrelevant compared to the vastly double-digit growth growth rates of the equity. But then the what's the, the stock fee? Talk to me about that. Yeah, so the stock fee is how we share in the upside of the company. What I always tell individuals I'm working with really to go over financing is try to put people in win-win scenarios, right? If you're looking to exercise with us, called an option exercise, idea behind our financing is that, uh, behind the win-win is that we'll help you save a boatload of money in taxes. After the exit, some of those savings will be given to us in the form of a fee. But at the end of the day, the hope and the goal is that you're still going to have more cash in your pocket than you would have if you didn't work with it, right? And given these are non-recourse loans, I'm sorry, that's not a lot to ask. I mean, like the fact that it's basically like, hey, once you, this is once you're, you're de-risking yourself and we're going to share that risk front with you, but we're going right. to need to share in the upside a little bit here too. And it's not like you're, you know, looking at the numbers you have here, you have like low teens as like an up, uh, like a percentage share versus again, it's not like you're taking 50 to 75% of it or making them cash out. They're not cashing out. They're still holding on. They're still getting the upside benefit and you're licking the spoon in exchange for the risk you're taking on. So, I mean, you know, that makes a lot of sense to anyone who would want to de-risk their situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the stock fee is exactly how we share in the upside there. So if we, you know, call it, help you exercise a hundred thousand shares, we'd ask for a small percent of those shares. Now the stock fee is what can vary greatly depending on where you're at within the stage of the company, right? You know, it could be called in the single digits. It could be the low teams, like you mentioned, depending on what the stage and the risk, the risk value of the company is. The risk profile of the company rather. But yeah, to answer your question, Jason, really, you know, our, our business model is helping people get in that win-win. Of course, nothing is guaranteed in life, right? We have no idea what the market's going to look like. But if they believe in the upside of the company, they think the company's going to have a good exit. The idea behind our rates, our financing, we structure it. The individual will have more cash in their pocket if the company has a pretty good, darn good exit. That's the okay. yeah, but let's look, let's go, let's go back and face facts. Like you are taking on risk here. This is not. Hey, this is not the same thing as lending a home with to to the tune of fifty percent, right? Like that's a pretty solid play in most urban centers and all that other stuff, right? You know, you always the bank knows they can sell. You're dealing with something that God knows when it sells, right? There's there's a fair right. amount of risk there, and if you don't take the ups a slice of the upside, you're not going to get rewarded for the ones that don't end up selling for long periods of time, right? So it makes perfect sense. And, you know, anyone who's, hey, if you want to be fully greedy and not worry about monetization, then they wouldn't be talking to you in the first place, right? They're they're looking for something. So talk to me about consumer reaction. So thus far, how's the adoption rate been? say, how's the Valley reacting to this? I mean, I would think that this is something that's a welcome change because 
This is not an uncommon problem in tech, in the tech world. Oh, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just maybe even going back to when I started, I started at SecFi called you know, 2018. So it's been about three years ago, right? Now, when we started, it was a, uh, our finance, a stock option financing, lending, things like that is a relatively new industry. Not many people did it. A lot of it was uh, done by VC firms who were doing special one-off deals for founders and execs as a favor for them, right? When we saw the opportunity here, we saw an opportunity to bring this out to the masses, right? Uh, bring it out to everyone. Everyone should have access to something like this, right? No matter the regulatory nature of stock options, just make it a pretty crappy instrument all around, right? And we want to solve that. So adoption has been very interesting over the last few years, right? If you asked me three years ago you know, what it looks like, you had a lot of people that are somewhat skeptical, very candidly, right? We're at the very early stages and like any new business, new startup, people are very skeptical at first. You know, we talked to CFOs, CLOs thinking, hey, is this too good to be true? What am I missing? And maybe people are shelving it. It's like the easiest route is to go back to that tender offer. Let's just let my employees sell because that's been done for the last 10, 20, 30 years, right? That's a proven model. But I think recently over the last call of year or two, it's adoption has picked up rapidly. I think part of this is just the nature of Hey, this is a, a an employee market right now, right? There are more job openings and actually employees qualified to take them right now. And I think what employers are realizing is that they want every competitive edge for their company um, and they want their employees to be happy. And it's part of that, you know, financial wellness, your stock option package, which is a huge, huge reason for joining a startup to begin with is important and very critical. So they're looking for services like at SecFi to provide that. And we're just starting, I think, over, if you ask me, like I mentioned three years ago, someone reaches out, a CFO or CLO reaches out about kind of having SecFi come in to launch a startup, uh, sorry, a financing program. It was unheard of. We never got that, right? We're at a fast forward to today. Over the last month, we've had multiple uh, executives reach out saying, I've heard about you guys. I want you guys to come in. We set up a program. We carve out a, an allocation for my employees so they can exercise their options. So I think it's picking up. We have a long ways to go, though. I think very candidly, you know, I think uh, the people that were familiar with this industry, there are a lot of there are a lot of sharks out there. There's a lot of quote unquote payday lenders. Uh, well, this is the thing, right? It was what was your alternative before without without a open you know marketplace for this or or someone yeah. who's doing transparency like you are? A case in point, a colleague of mine was left a company he was working for, and he basically you know they're like, oh yeah, this guy is interested in buying shares and providing liquidity, and the first thing he basically did in the first email was like. There's a lot of overvalued companies in the city, and frankly, I'm not willing to pay those multiples. So, what kind of shares do you have? And ended up basically like the lowball price he gave was just like, yeah, this is not even worth my time replying to this email. Was what it basically came down to. Absolutely, it's absolutely nuts. I think you know when I first started here three years ago, I was doing a lot of market research into this industry, right? And the, um, I I pretended like I was an employee of a fast-growing startup. I stopped, I talked to some of the other players out there, reached out. First off, very antiquated process. Everything done via email seemed like they were trying to confuse me, to be honest. And I ran the numbers on some of these, and some of these were, you know, call it 1.5x preferred return. Number one, number two, you know, equity sizes of 40 to 50 percent of my grants, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, you're pretty much taking an arm and a leg and then some. You know, like what is yeah. going on here? Yeah, well, I mean, taking advantage of either desperation or ignorance, right? That's, That's what it really comes down to. 
Exactly, exactly. But that's a big thing that we, you know, we're working towards is getting rid of that reputation, right? I think sometimes people are somewhat skeptical of lenders, you know, the big, uh, the big debt word, right? They're worried that um, they're taking on debt and whatnot. I think it's sometimes too good to be true. We hear it all the time. But a lot of this is education. We're getting it out there. You know, we are, we take a fiduciary approach to everything that we do. Uh, my team of equity strategists will work with every individual. I tell them, do always do the right thing, right? Sometimes financing does not make sense for everyone. I yep. want to tell them that and be upfront with them. And hopefully we'll change this industry for the better. Well, let's, let's face it. I mean, at the end of the day, as much as it's in a big world, technology is a small world at the same time. And Absolutely. you get a bad name for doing the wrong things and it's just not going to pay off for you. So before we wrap up, there's three questions I ask everybody to end on a positive note. And there's no right or wrong answers. First question is, if you had one wish for something get change in your industry or, oh, sorry, in a company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? Oh man, I think maybe going back to that payday lenders, I wish I could... I wish I could take out every one of these bad, uh, the, the, the bad reputation of uh, brokers and, you know, people just looking to make a buck off you because it's, you know, you have the lenders out there that are just looking to take advantage of people, really give our, uh, give our industry a bad name. But on top of that, you have brokers who are basically looking to buy shares off people at severe discounts. Again, doing the same idea, right? Taking advantage of people that don't know much dangling, you know, call it a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand million dollars in front of someone without even letting them know what the valuation of their shares truly are. So I think that's something we're always constantly battling, right? The reputation of lending in general. And in this industry, a lot of people have some taste in their mouth from uh, bad experiences. So if I could do one thing, I'd love to wipe out all that experience. But again, work in progress and we're hopefully changing that. Excellent. Second question is what's been the biggest challenge in the company to where it is today? The biggest challenge, I think going back to, I think just overall, just understanding that an industry like they bring, bring something new out to the world. You know, like I mentioned, you know, I think there's a lot of tender offers, secondary sales, people have been buying, selling shares in secondary markets forever, right? But financing stock options, it's a completely new industry. You kind of have to Oh, it's relatively new, at least in the masses, right? It's made readily available to everyone is relatively new. I think the biggest challenge is really spreading the word around that, that this, something like this exists, right? Um, it's even to this day, even with the a marketing team and a lot of VC money throwing ads out there and uh, marketing and branding, right? A lot of people still come to us to this day five days before their exercise deadline, for example, and say, they say, hey, I didn't know a service like yours exists. Can you help me? And it's absolutely unfortunate, right? Because I think there's a lot of money that's being left on the table out there and when it comes to stock options. Uh, yeah. We ran a report uh, last year called the State of Startup Stock Options, and we forecasted that out of the companies that went public, employees left $4.9 billion on the table. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money by not exercising options. And that number will never go to That's zero. That's compensation they were entitled to that it isn't exercise for one reason or another. That's just exactly. That's that's unfortunate, highly unfortunate. Yeah, and that's by far been the biggest challenge getting word out there that services like this exist because it's completely new and not a lot of people understand it, right? They don't understand how financing can help them and stock options in itself, complicated as all heck, as you know, Jason, uh, and I'm sure you help out a lot of your clients with stock options. A lot of people like to put it on the back burner and not think about things until it's too late. So it's a challenge that we're facing and we are working towards as well. Excellent. So uh, last question for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on keeps you getting up every morning to keep on fighting a good fight? 
Absolutely. I would say the best part about this job, um, and it's always been this way, what gets me going every day is I get to help people out on a daily basis, right? I, my previous gig, I was at PricewaterhouseCoopers doing taxes for hedge funds and private equity mm-hmm. firms, switching over to the individual level, right? We're helping solve a very complicated problem that a lot of people in this industry have. And when you solve that problem, help an individual go through an exit for the first time, come upon wealth for the first time in their life, you know, the joy and happiness you can provide that individual. It's just, yeah, you can only imagine, right? Um, I get texts all the time, emails all the time from clients who bought their first home, starting their own families, uh, for example, paying off debt, college debt, college tuition and whatnot. And it's just a fantastic feeling. Um, Individuals are very, very happy. Help provide a great service for them. give them great sound advice, let them know, hey, we're here to help you. And whether that that solution is a financing solution or another means, or they're using their own cash and they go through that exit, have that first big windfall, there's nothing better, right? And hopefully it comes around for us as well as SecFi. Excellent. So BJ, thank you so much for taking the time. I really much appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jason. My pleasure. So that was my interview with Vijay Piawazi, the Director of Equity Strategy at SecFi. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you are working at a technology company and have a bunch of options or shares that you need a liquidity event on or need to exercise, don't leave that on the table. Be sure to check them out. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.